What's up? Welcome to Draft Vice. Walter, back. Draft Vice is here, and we got our guest host again, Shane McMurdo, and uh, our buddy Quinn. Say hi, Quinn. Cheers. Cheers. All right, so uh, here talking about the NFC South and our reactions to their uh, kinky-ass draft. Uh, you want to start off with the Atlanta Falcons? Uh, what do you guys think about this, the uh, Shane or or Quinn or? So look, um, last season huge letdown for Falcons fans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Ryan, he's getting old, so I'm kind of surprised they didn't draft a quarterback to replace him. I don't know what they're thinking of doing. I was just I was he's thinking not, that myself. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's not like a super old quarterback in in relative terms, but you're right, he's in that age range of where they might start looking for a successor. But I don't think there was a lot of guys in this draft who you That's, would. It was a very there was maybe like yeah. two guys who I would like who you wouldn't take in the top two or three rounds. That uh, and actually, there's one guy who goes in the third round on another one of these teams who I think is the one guy who maybe do, you would pick you, up as a developmental guy. Do you, do you think Matt Ice is kind of? Um, you think he's kind of overrated? I think he's kind of overrated. I no? don't. I don't think so. I don't. He he always produces. I think he squanders at times. He but could beat you at any time. Absolutely, think, I'm with you. But is he overrated? You know what I'm saying? I think he did really well Not when he had now. Shanahan's offense. Not, that was yeah. that was when he had Kyle Shanahan calling the plays. That was the best thing for him. And Lafleur was there as well. Lafleur yeah. was his quarterbacks coach. But here's the thing, though: if you have Julio Jones, I know you awesome. better be a Julio good quarterback. Yeah. You know what I'm I love saying? Julio Jones. If yeah. if you're putting up bad numbers with Julio Jones, you have a problem. Or you're, you know, Eli Manning. You know, like. But you mentioned the age thing, and he's oh, he's a decent. Step off, my boy. Man. I'm just Come saying on. the guy couldn't even produce with Odell, so it's like. What do you but, mean? Odell's well, the, one of the best players in the NFL because he was with. Don't say because uh, of Eli. Yeah, I wouldn't say because of Eli. Don't because say of Eli, that. But that was his. That was but his quarterback. What I'm saying though is like, was he overrated at a time? Yes. Is he overrated now? No. Yeah, no, I, I think it's he's shit on now. I think he's a league average quarterback. I, I always thought he was overrated. Who's I was okay? Never a Matt Ryan fan. All right. What about that the Super Bowl, dude? Why don't you fucking throw it away, dude? Kick the field goal, win the game. So right. one game. Okay, hold on. Yeah, the right. fucking Super Bowl. All right, you're a GM right now. All right, you've got two older quarterbacks, um, athletically speaking. All right, you can get them for a one-year deal. Who are you going to take? Are you going to take Matt Ryan or are you going to take Matt Stafford? Oh, I, I actually probably take Stafford because, A, he's a couple years younger, but also Stafford's got a way stronger arm. Has played out in the elements a lot better. Uh, Matt Ryan, especially the last couple of years, is when he's played outdoors, he's become kind of like Drew Brees where he just can't – he doesn't seem to be able to throw the ball very well. But I've seen – the thing I'll say about Kyle uh, – the thing I'll say about Matt Ryan is I've seen him work really well in an offense and play at an elite level when that offense has been called for him. So if Shanahan fails in San Francisco and he comes back to the Falcons, which I don't see him failing, but I'm just I'm playing pretend here, I could see him rising back to that elite level. Stafford, we've never seen it to that level, but I think Stafford, at least talent-wise, and we've seen some good ability with Stafford, too. I'm not saying he's but, but, not great. But it's another case of since he got the money, he just hasn't been as good. So it who would you happens, guys pick man. out of those two? I would take I would take Ryan, man. Just you being would. honest, I would take Ryan too. I right. would too. But okay. I wish I would have said that before you said. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just I just think I think he's he's not as talented as he used to be. But I think he's talented enough to win games. He's talented enough to put up good numbers. They have Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. They have Calvin Ridley. 
Uh, they have um, I like, Austin. Hooper. I like how Calvin Ridley played last year. I thought that was a I good pick. Yeah, I man. did too. He was and, and Matt, Matt Ryan. He's a big guy. He's a strong guy, and he's got the thing I like about him is that he's got heart. He's very serious about the game. Right. But I just I don't know if I'd want him on my team. I'm just still you know I I don't think I'd want him. I don't think I'd want him. On but my I'm team. at the same time. Are you drafting a new? Are you looking to draft a new quarterback if you have him on your team? Yes, absolutely. Oh. Well, yes, because he's getting older. This yes. year, maybe not. Next year, I would have got after? one this year. I would have light a fire under his ass. I would have got one this year. Like I mean, a top two round quarterback. I'm not saying a later round. Yeah, there's not. I don't. There was four quarterbacks this year. I would have drafted it, depending on what team I was on. Yeah, right? and that was um, Dwayne Haskins, um, Kyler Murray. I, I don't, I'm not a I'm not a Murray believer. Drew Lock. Drew Lock. Yes. Will Greer. Yes. All right. So because we have a Will Greer moment on this. Also, our last guest host hated Will Greer. So there's, there's one I'm missing too. I can't think. Definitely wasn't Jones. All right. It possibly would have been Murray. Brett Ripien. Huh? Brett Ripien. No, I, don't, I can't even think right now. Maybe it was only three. I just um, it wasn't the draft of the year before. This year was a weak uh, quarterback draft. It but, was. But moving like what the point I was trying to make though is Ryan. He has. Julio, he has Calvin Ridley. Is Sanu still there? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. They I was have just Sanu. Say he has Mohamed Sanu. They have Austin Hooper, who who is and they have a good running back. Well, they got rid he's of old, Tevin though, Coleman. Yeah. Uh, Freeman's not old, but he's he old. No. He's get, well, for a running back, as far as usage and time yeah. that he's played, no, yeah. Because usually running and, backs regress significantly after that first contract. Yeah, and right. he's also getting long in the tooth as far as playing time, and he's a smaller guy, too. In- injury I like prone. him, though. He- he's, he's coming off an injury. He's yeah. a tough motherfucker, that guy. But, but there's they, like a history of 5'8 quarterbacks being under 200 pounds that, like, they're, the success back. the success rate of them uh, is very not – like, not – Often and they usually get injured at some point. And they don't have Justin Forsett. <laughs> they don't have Tevin Coleman to spell him anymore either. Yeah. And and that's something I'll say about Tevin this yeah, was that they didn't really draft a guy who can really replace what Tevin Coleman did. They no. drafted a uh, Quadre Olson who was like. I don't think people thought he was really going to be even a, a drafted player. I don't even think they picked up one of free agency. He's uh he he doesn't he's not he's just not the same. Uh, he, I don't think he's uh, going to be a replacement for what Tevin Coleman did. I know they have a guy on the team, uh, Ito Smith, who kind of fits a similar Oh, I forgot role. about Ito. Ito's good. Ito, um, Ito played well last year. He played well. So, And, again, another pass-catching running back. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the Quadre Olsen pick. I thought there were guys they could have taken earlier. I think he's going to be a uh, – to give them both some relief as well as a special teams type guy. Yeah. Um, but um, another thing, too, that people are forgetting is they got rid of – their fucking alcoholic offensive coordinator, who oh, was Sarkeesian. who was god awful. Yeah. Now they picked up a guy for offensive coordinator who was like a lot of people a bad head coach, but he's a great at offensive coordinator, right? And that's Dirk Cutter from Tampa Bay. Yeah. Terrible coach, but he's a good offensive coordinator. And that's how he got the, the – they fired yes. uh, Lovey Smith, and they went ahead and uh, just promoted from within. Yeah, and he's a good offensive coordinator, and I think with the talent that they have on that side of the ball, they can do well. Like a lot of these guys, they do – they're shitty head coaches regardless of the circumstance. Yeah. But they're, like you guys got one in Wilkes. He's a good defensive coordinator. Falcons coach yes. is the best right. last name, though, dude. That guy's got a Oh, Dan Quinn. <laughs> Fucking son of a <laughs> right? Last year was the first losing record they had with him. But another one of these guys that was a bad coordinator or a bad coach but a good coordinator we'll talk to in a little bit, and that's that's uh, Todd Bowles. Yes, but in Tampa Bay. So like, like we talked about in the last episode, that the Jaguars, 
they're a defensive team that that was their identity, yeah. and they were going to allow their offense to score just enough to win. Good luck scoring on them. The Falcons are a little bit opposite, right? Which is odd. I don't know. Yeah, because Dan Quinn's a head. Yeah, was a defensive guy. I think Dan Quinn's been developing defensive talent there, and their defense has played pretty well over the years. Well, too. last year they were horrible, but they also got obliterated. So with much injury that was yeah. ridiculous. Every week of it seemed like they were losing one of their best players. And it sounds like they're trying to shore up some of the issues they had on offense this year because they went first round. Chris Lindstrom. I, I think they were trying to hit a double here. They were trying to at least win and get a good player. Lindstrom's not a Quentin Nelson. He's probably not a guard you'd actually take in the top ten. He was, no. But he's a solid guard. He He's a mean guard. He's a good guard. And that's but a guy you're not worrying about losing on. I personally, if I was their GM, I would have gone defensive side of the ball first. But that guy has been in the game a lot longer than I have. Yeah. So... I but, just don't know. Maybe they didn't think that there was anybody defensive talent wise there I, that they really liked at that point. And they saw it will go for need because there wasn't like they didn't get an Ed Oliver. They didn't get no. a Christian Wilkins. I think they would have taken Wilkins had he been there. I think they would have taken Ed Oliver. Um, and I don't think they were a huge fans of Dexter Lawrence. But you still had guys like Sweat. You had guys like uh, the do the Giants. Well, Montez took. Sweat had question marks with his injury. It was uh, heart right, condition. Yeah, heart yeah. condition. But you also had the dude uh, from Clemson. That's a defensive tackle, which they need. Oh, um, that was Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. But you, you know, but the thing is, they drafted a guy who's in a position that they picked up in free agency. That so was yeah. I this that dude was might one. not even start his first year if he doesn't win the job. He actually can uh, – it's not common, but I know he has played right tackle in the past, and he can swing out that way. I don't think that's why they drafted him. I think I think this idea of why they signed guys in free agency was we are going to go ahead and make sure we're going to get better at that position because it's been a question mark for the last three years. And then they went ahead and traded up into the second round and got Caleb McGarry, who's maybe not as uh, – I, I mean, he's decent, he's solid, but he was he not was, a guy who would have taken at that spot. He was all. projected to go 65th. Well, projections are a lot of things. He also went to one of the worst universities ever. Fucking Solid for development. You know, like one of those. At the same time, though, look at who was still on the board at that time. The guy went in the first round. Look at everybody who went after him. Yeah. Like if you, you so th- you could have drafted an Eric. Well, Eric McCoy plays guard. There was a lot of other guys at right tackle who you probably would have wanted to take. Juwan Taylor, um, and that's actually my, maybe who I a lot of people thought they were going to trade up to get it when they were trading back into the first round or one of the the corners because again that's a team that uh, defensively has played really well and but always trying to develop more and more defensive backs. This is my thing though. You draft a guy at 14th when you're when he's going to have to compete for a starting job possibly. Why not just take Dexter Lawrence and then draft Cody Ford in the second round? You know what I'm saying? If, if you're looking to develop a guy, Cody Ford is not far behind Lindstrom if he even is at all. A lot of people actually ranked him above Lindstrom. But um, They might have thought – well, again, a lot of times it's about uh, scheme versatility. Right. Alex Mack is coming up probably on his contract too, who's yeah. their starting center. And you got Matthews. And again, all pro center, Alex Mack, former Cleveland Brown. Uh just to plug the Browns in there whenever wow. I can. Ah, should you what? say that about people? No, because he they, left our team and was really want, looking to you leave. Think they want you think someone played for the Browns? They'd want you to be like telling people that. I no. mean, the last time the team played well before they had the current head coaching staff, he was on the team. Yo, yeah, I played for the Browns. Find a more bitter person in the world right now than people who either played for the Browns or coached for them when they were shitty and wanted out of there. And now the team is the fucking <laughs> now Avengers. They're, now they're mangina. Yeah. That's all right. But speaking of Lindstrom, you know who wasn't happy about the pick? Falcons fans. 
There was there's a popular page on Instagram. I'm not gonna say their name because this is our show. Fuck them. Something. <laughs> it's like pub. They're called Pub Chair, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. But they posted a video. They're like, "Yo, this Falcons draft party is lit," and it was Mercedes Benz Stadium. Just all these Falcons fans, and then they announced the pick. Crickets, dude. Silent. Really. Everybody, everybody was looking around like. But at the same time, too, though, I think it was probably like, you know, we use the term in boxing a lot, a casual fan. Yeah. And when's the last time you ever saw somebody fucking go crazy over, you know, an offensive lineman getting picked, you know? I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People that are there drinking and shit, they want to hear about quarterbacks and receivers and shit like that. Yeah. Unless your quarterback was getting sacked like crazy last year, like a a certain... Or even like a linebacker, you know? Yeah. So, So here's the thing, though. I have a very contradictory opinion on this pick. I don't agree with it based on where they took him and who was available and what they needed. But at the same time, I think at the end of the day, it's going to pay off. Yeah, great player. Yeah, uh, and good. again, he's good in both a. There's certain guys who are good in like a, a zone scheme, or uh, I know uh, we were not talking about. Uh, it seems to me like they got a pretty good GM, huh? Yeah, they've drafted pretty well actually yeah. over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this guy can play both in a zone run game and in, uh, it, it also very good for uh, gap and power. So you're, you're not really going to have an issue as far as he's very versatile and you're not going to have to worry about a new coaching staff trying to get you know try to get rid of him. And again, sometimes you're just trying to, to win at a position and it looks like they're trying to shore up the offensive line. They had right tackle issues. They've always had guard issues. So make sure that, A, their run game gets a lot better and, B, the pass protection – Stays up very well. So that way Matt Ryan can throw to to Julio Jones. I think this team is in a very much win now within the next two years fucking phase because their window is closing. Absolutely. I I agree. To operate at maximum talent. If it hasn't closed already. If it hasn't closed already. Exactly. But they addressed things that they needed, which was the offensive line and the coaching staff for certain positions. But Caleb McGarry, I I think it's it's horrible because not only did they draft a guy too early when there was better guys on the board. Mm Mm-hmm. But they didn't get another pick until the fourth round. Yeah, and a guy who, I, yeah, because they, tra- I think that was part of the trade was they traded their third rounder right. to get up that high. Uh, the and not only that, the guy who I would have taken there, if you're looking for a tackle, I, I would have taken Dalton Reisner. I, I think he was a, yep. a solid uh, tackle prospect, and I, I, I think he fell too far. But their their defensive line was it, it, it's almost abysmal. Yeah, they needed it. They didn't address it until. Round they didn't try to trade up for it. They took they took two te- offensive linemen, and I just I don't think it was smart. I really don't think it was smart. Yeah, I could and, be and wrong. Kaminsky will probably be a rotational guy then, more than anything. If he even makes the fucking final fifty-two roster, yeah. fifty-three. Excuse Sheffield me. wasn't a bad pick, and Jordan Miller seems like they're just trying to like no. develop some new guys. Sheffield, I actually I, I really like this pick. I don't think Ohio, he, Ohio coming from Ohio State, solid D backs. Yeah, that's DBU, bro. Yeah, that, that's what they are, and plus. Then the LSU guys are going to get upset at you. We were talking about this last podcast, how a cornerback can go and develop. Right. Yeah. Not only that. Cornerback's one of those positions that can really develop. If you go to the right team. There's certain teams that can develop cornerbacks really well. And actually, I think the Falcons are actually one of them because, again, Dan Quinn – uh, I think brought some of that, uh, some of the coaching staff with him. Although they fired a lot of guys last year, including their D coordinator, uh, as well as their offensive coordinator. So, uh, but they they developed Brian. Sarkeesian Poole. had to go though. Sarkeesian. Yeah, that guy had to go. I, I was shocked more about the the D coordinator uh, going. Yeah, too, because he really didn't get a fair shake with all the injuries. But, yeah. Um. At the same time, maybe it was a chemistry thing. 
Uh, maybe he was starting to get a lot of blame and he started to act out on it or something. Or maybe somebody was getting a lot of pressure that he needed. And you don't know if maybe from being so good to so shitty that heads had the role. Yeah, the know? thing is, Sometimes though, too, yeah, like the, the Falcons are one of those teams. They, they make a lot of decisions based off of fan feedback because mm-hmm. they do have a strong fan base. And it like and they're southern too, so they're not yeah. as smart as us. And a lot of these guys, they go based off of what happens on the Gosh. field. They don't look. They don't. A lot of people don't take into account how bad were these injuries, how bad did that affect it. They don't even look at that. They look at what happens on the field. And if they're saying fire this guy, fire this guy, and the front office says no, we took a lot of injuries. He's actually a good coach, and they keep him. The next time a bad defensive performance happens, they're going to be gunning for his head. Yeah. And the front office and the head coach doesn't want it to fall on him, so they have to fire the fucking that's, guy. That's yeah. Everyone's always trying to save their ass. That's one of the problems with a lot of things we have going on around here. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I also know. Uh, I'm in the Quinn's going to take. It over I've too, been in the military the... for eight years. Believe me, I know. Yeah. Do your fucking yeah. job. Yeah. Stay legit. Do it the best you can, and good things happen. Baby. But yeah. But back to the Sheffield pick. All right. So round from round one all the way to about halfway through the third round, it's all about nailing it. Right. Yeah. Especially the first the first two rounds, especially everything from the halfway point to the third round on mm-hmm. or to to the fifth round, I guess, because six and seven is really. You're you know. taking guys who are going to be undrafted free agents, and you're trying to right. just get guys who you want to get your dibs on. But three, four, and five, that's all about picking the best available player at the value you're getting them at. Yeah. And Sheffield, at pick 111 in round four, he's a very solid defensive back who can be coached. Mm-hmm. And even if he, he can be – Ohio State. Yeah. Man, oh, yeah. Usually – Players come from my Ohio State, and it's somebody you're interested in. I'm always excited about, especially it. a yeah. defensive back. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's one of the things they're yeah. best known for. And Jordan Miller's also coming from a decent defensive uh, school. At least has gotten some. Uh, I mean, they've developed a couple of guys who've come out. Right, but the thing is too with Jordan Miller, um, the way I look at it, do you guys remember um, defensive back for Seattle? He uh, he played there with Sherman and, and the Legion of Boom, and then he got a big contract. Byron Maxwell? Yeah, Byron yeah. Maxwell. I remember him, yeah. he, he looked good because he wasn't getting the number one options because you had Sherman, you had Earl Thomas, and you had Cam Chancellor. Yeah. This guy was in a school that had a very good secondary, two guys yes. that went in within the first two rounds, and maybe his performance on the field looked a little bit better because – they were looking good. You yeah, know, he was a product of that. People probably used to have nightmares about Cam Chancellor, man. Bro, he, <laughs> yo, what's wrong, baby? Why can't you sleep? That fucking guy, man. That guy single-handedly <laughs> ruined Vernon Davis's career like three times. <laughs> no, I like Vernon Davis. All right, so it seems like the Falcons had a pretty uninteresting draft class, but it seems like they got defensive backs that were pretty solid that they're going to hopefully develop. Uh, some O-linemen because they're trying oh, to shore up a position. That's had a lot to talk about. They, yo, they had potential. Assaulting. Yo, they had, a po- they had potential to have a very good draft. They fucked it up when they traded away their picks to get McGarry in the first round. That Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. That was, right. I think, where they, they might have made the mistake. Yeah, they had 14 and 31. Wow, okay. Um, they traded for the 31st pick, though. Yeah. Oh, they traded, guess, for yeah, they traded up to get it, and they gave up their, their third rounder to get it. Because yeah. they if you're going to – why take a second offensive lineman and not address your second biggest Achilles heel – in a round where a lot yeah. of them went, a lot of good talent went in that round at that position, yeah. and they just fucked off on it. And I, I got uh, so yeah, and there's a, a long list of defensive talent that were in this draft that they just didn't get from doing that. Uh, let's go right to the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, fifth overall drafted LSU linebacker Devin White. Hit that is yeah, he's a it, solid okay, this player. Guy had a hell of a suit on too. Let me oh, tell you, yeah, <laughs> what, yeah, it's fucking weird, but yeah. <laughs> 
He hit. They he hit. He separated though. himself from everybody, man. He did. They he hit. Did. I thought he. I thought he had a nice draft. I thought he looked good. I. I wasn't expecting this either. <laughs> like I. I wasn't shocked by it. That's I, I, I was honestly expecting them to take either Josh Allen mm-hmm. or even Ed Oliver because McCoy's getting hurt, or excuse me, getting old and not as productive. But uh, Devin White with the loss of Quan Alexander, I think is. I think is, this was a straight up. They were going for this, uh, I, and there was a lot of rumblings about it. I mean, it might not have been what I would have done. I probably would have done the same thing you suggested: is maybe go for uh, Ed Oliver or uh, Josh Allen. I'm not saying that was the better choice. I just I think if they went one of those three ways, yeah, they they. But they, this is hitting a this is hitting a double or a triple when you're you know. Uh, you know, you and you might even hit a home run with it as well. I mean, he yes, he's the guy who's going to be leading your defense for the next. And 10 he looked years. actually happy to be Probably going to Tampa Bay. So hey, the, you know, maybe he's not so smart. The thing is, though, everybody knew what Tampa Bay needed. Yeah. Look at their first five picks, all oh, on the defensive and side and constantly of the ball. drafting corners too every year, and they just seem to not develop them very well. New coaching staff coming in, they have Todd Bowles. He's great at developing corners. Uh, you know they drafted Vernon Hargraves a couple of years ago. He's not really panned out too well. I am. He's going to probably move into that. slot. Um, do they still have Grimes' old ass? I think he is still there, or he might be on the end of his contract. Um, and I think that that's going to they're going to end up. Uh, they had really small corners, which is the weird thing with that team. Really big receivers, really small corners. Well, so look at their whole defense side of the ball, rather than. You know, the defensive line, who's always going to be big. But they like the small, versatile, agile defensive players. Even at the linebacker, Quan Alexander was small. Um, the other Missed guy, a lot of tackles, too, while he was there. He was uh, very quick, but he was just uh, very fast, very uh, athletic. And, I mean, this is you're getting a, a more athletic, more uh, – Who's their other linebacker? Went to Nebraska. Very good. Fuck. He's better than Quan Alexander. Levante David. Yeah, very, very good. He is. Him and White are going to be good together. Um but so you have the core of your defense set, and now the next two guys you draft are Sean Bunting, who I think is a great corner man. I, <sighs> I like him out of Central Michigan, solid man corner. I don't know if I'd take him over Greedy Williams though. I, I think it. You know, the question with Greedy. Uh, first off, there was a lot of questions with him. I, I, again, like everybody's going to be like, "Oh, you didn't take Greedy." For the casual draft fan, or so, for some people who are, you know, I, even the, the our, uh, our defensive backs guy. Uh, loved Greedy, and that was his number one guy. But you also don't get to interview people. You don't get to, to, you know, when you're not part of the draft process, you're not getting to see why that guy, you know, maybe he failed an interview. He didn't go to, he didn't do any team visits, which was probably the the team's decisions or his, you know, it, it was a lot of people were like, you know what? He, you know, there's something about him that rubs us the wrong way. Uh, Sean Bunting has a lot of versatility. And again, I think they believe in Todd Bowles' ability to to coach up defensive backs. Jamal Dean, I think, was a little bit more shocking, the Auburn guy, but still a very athletic guy, so, very athletic so, corner. So what I'm wondering is why didn't they get a, a, a quarterback? Oh, because James Winston? Yeah, James Winston's a knucklehead. I said that in the last <sighs> I fucking hate him. But fucking, I think he's going to be out of the league in a couple of years. Yeah, like uh, I said, he's all athletic ability, no brains. He's, he's not no even brains. athletic ability. It's just but, I'm but his decision-making is, skills are, are, are I'm trash. I'm not saying You're he's the right. greatest athlete. I'm just saying is like is what, what, the reason why he's still in the league is because of his athletic ability, yeah, he's, not he's, because of his brains. Yeah, his ability to throw the ball. Yeah, and he's, and also, yeah, he's shown uh, consistently he's had decision-making issues. Head-to-head against Marcus Mariota, he's 0-2 and outscored 93-29. to I'm just saying. Watch how quick I'd take Marcus Mariota over, over him. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, there's, I just made a friend. 
<laughs> I mean, he might be he might be quarterbacking for the Giants in two years. So I, I do care. Yeah. Well, if Doug Jones, uh, if uh, I can't believe I never get his name right. Daniel on, Jones. Daniel Jones. I keep my on boy? calling him Doug Jones. Don't, God damn it. Like the actor. Boy, Don't worry, bro. Baby. Not too many people are going to be saying his name. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you were right. They had a very consistent, at least for the next three picks, all three defensive backs: Mike Edwards out of Kentucky, Jamal Dean, Sean Bunting, a lot of athletic guys. The I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. But um, back to, in reference to Jameis Winston, even though I hate him, I will say he's a very talented quarterback. Even though he just maybe not up in the head, he's got a a litany of off-the-field issues, and he makes a lot of... He's a great back. Well, he, he makes a he, lot of bad he, decisions on the field, too. Yeah, he, that's he what I'm saying. Time. He yeah. forces plays yeah. when he doesn't like, need yeah. to. He he gets too emotional, man. I don't need my quarterback to be emotional like that. I need my quarterback to be poised. Yeah, but... You mean like Eli Manning? He's pretty much comp to Eli Manning. Here's and the thing, he's though. kind of played the same as Eli Manning. He's never had a coach that's been Dude, able... man, what are you talking about? <laughs> Eli Manning has two fucking Super Bowl MVPs, dude. Step but I'm saying they have high-variance players. Are you crazy? But Eli Manning will one minute look like an elite player and will one minute look like a total schlub. He has the same thing with Jameis Winston. Don't ever go to Cannes then, baby. You bet. I hope you're not hoping to go to Cannes in 10 years because he's going to fucking be there. I'm just saying it's the same thing as as Jameis Winston. (laughs) Real quick, though, Winston has never had a coach that's been able to grab a player or grab a team. And, and like not, we said that we like, said that yeah. Dirt Cutter was yep. kind of a weak head coach. Yeah, we said that. Bruce Arians does not fuck around. Yeah, he's yeah. he's yep. very um. Your guys, your Super Bowl winning coach. Why can I not think of his name? Tom Coughlin. He's very he's Tom Coughlin. He's got like a cockiness to him. But he's yes. he's fucking assertive. No biscuit, no biscuit. I I, I love Bruce Arians. Like one of my Bruce favorite Arians. coaches. He's assertive. Yeah, and the thing is, more people believe in him yeah. than they ever did Dirk Cutter. The, the thing is about Bruce Arians, I mean, like he won some stuff with the Steelers, but what has he really won? He took the Cardinals to the NFC Championship and a team that should and not he have fucking been in the lost. NFC. It doesn't matter. He he lost to the best NFC team that year. The thing is, he can win with. Oh, he, is there a trophy for that? It made them a consistently hey, winning the team. team ever. What it, I'm it saying. made them a consistently annual winning team. They were nine and seven, nine and seven. Yeah, whatever, man. We'll see. We'll and see a time. Excuse me. In a time when the Seahawks were good, the 49ers were good. I mean, the Rams fucking sucked, but. If he can make Jameis Winston uh, a, a good, like, top 15 quarterback, shit. I'll, be, I'll wear a Bruce Arians well, jersey. Well, I'll be more shocked by that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying he will. I know you didn't say I know, I know you didn't mean that. I'm saying he can. Yeah. And look at, the, look at the rest of the players on the team. They missed horribly on running back last year with Ronald Jones. Yeah. All right. Well, so, I you know you never know he could develop. I, they didn't take a running back this year, so they either believe in Ronald Jones or they believe in the the other guy they got on the field. Right. Running back's funny. Peyton There's a Barber. lot that goes into it. If your offense sucks, it's hard to be a good running back. Their O line, and well, also the other thing is they didn't address his O line, and their O line's been shit for yeah, years. They had a decent offense last year, though. but I don't know if you had an excuse well, look, to be a shit. Winston has potential to be a good quarterback. They have a top ten, possibly top five wide receiver, and they have two very talented tight ends. Mm-hmm. And OJ Howard and I got no. I'm sorry, I got no love for Jameis Winston. Oh no, I dude, I I fucking. I don't care. You could resurrect Eleanor Roosevelt. I've hated him since he was in college. (laughs) She could even help him. I I do like uh, (laughs) Anthony Nelson, who they drafted uh, the edge out of Iowa. Kind of comps to Carl Nassib very well. He was another guy who they 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 actually picked off of waivers. Who was on the Cleveland Browns? Who was a solid D end. Uh, Same thing with Anthony Nelson. Be a rotational guy behind JPP. Who the fuck drafts a kicker though? That's I just that, yeah fifth round. Dude, this is a team that's drafted kickers like twice in the last three years. They traded up to draft a kicker in the second round, who's not even in the NFL anymore. Yeah, 
I'm just saying, I, I don't agree with drafting kickers or punters and he's a ever. Gay. Yeah, he's gay as fuck. And he's a gay. <laughs> oh, he'll love Tampa then. All right. <laughs> uh, so I overall solid drafts. Clearly, they're trying to fix their uh, their defense here. Uh, no, they address a bad side of the ball both in the draft and on coaching. They have a very very good defensive coordinator who I think can either scheme them correctly or develop them correctly, possibly yeah. both. Um, I don't expect too much out of this team. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking playoffs. If they if they have a 500 or better record, I'll be extremely surprised. Yeah, yeah and, I, I agree. But um, for the most part, like I said, th- like this team, this isn't the Falcons. The Falcons are in win now. The Tampa Bay is in repair and improve. So to expect the to expect a winning record or the playoffs out of them this year is lofty. But I do ex- I expect it because Bruce Arians went there. And Bruce he's, Arians, he's getting old, too. How old is Bruce Arians? He's in his 70s, He right? retired yeah. and then came back. Yeah, he's in his 70s. Yeah, right? no. But like, I, if Bruce Arians went there, he believes that he can turn that team into I, a yeah. contender. I don't know about right away, though, and I think they're doing – I think he some cash. Right? I expect improvement. I expect improvement, and I think we'll see it. Yeah. But at the same time, this is still a team that – it's um, a shit organization. Yeah, it's yeah. Organization. I never but, believe yeah. in the it Buccaneers. Really is a shit organization. That's one of those teams where I see a favorite player of mine go there. I go, uh, "You're gonna have a, a rough time, aren't you?" Um, and don't be uh, don't be surprised if they trade Gerald McCoy for something. Honestly, I've been I, hearing I that, that a lot um, recently. I think that Mike Evans is the is the best player I've ever like. He's the only. I also player, like Godwin and OJ Howard, but he's the only player that I like. I always remember OJ him Howard's from Tampa so Bay. Good. You know, OJ Howard's good too. But I'm saying is. Like, I always remember him being good from Tampa Bay. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I can't remember another player. I just always remember being good. They also, not even Gerald McCoy? Gerald McCoy is one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. Not I'm anymore, with, but I'm he with was. I'm with and you. Levante David. Again, but like another some of their Evans, players. Man, they just never have any, but, but those guys are also defensive. You probably don't see them on the highlight but, reel. Uh, although, again, Gerald McCoy, probably, you're right. He's so, old, he's regressed, yeah. he, he's getting injured. He but, also doesn't have, there's no more guarantees left on his contract. He's a $13 million contract, so it is expensive to keep him. I, I could see them trading him or cutting him soonish. But the thing is, though, is like they have Mike Evans, but the running game, huge, huge, huge question mark. Their O line is weak. O line is weak. They don't have a complimentary receiver to Mike Evans anymore. They lost to Sean Jackson in the offseason. Oh, no. Fuck. They got Godwin. Godwin Godwin is good. I I like Godwin. He's fast as fuck. Former Penn State wide receiver. Oh, he's big. He's fast. He's athletic. He's got a great vert, man. And his pro comp coming out of the draft was Mike Evans. So they're very, very, very similar. I, I like Godwin a lot. And I, 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 when he got drafted by them, I was really sad because I knew he wouldn't get a lot of usage that first year or two. They also lost Adam Humphreys, who went to a way better team, organization all around, better quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember where he went. I just remember all those things. I think it was the the Titans. I'm not sure. But he's going <laughs> to be so much uh, better. I can't remember. But, uh, maybe the Titans. I don't know. Who the hell likes them anyway? Yeah. <laughs> Only faggots. Only a guy where not anybody wears shirts that say Titans are, ever. Are we, are we going to move on to the Saints? Yeah, so we'll talk yeah. about the Saints. They had, a, they had a small draft. They traded up to get Eric McCoy in the second round. That was a solid hit with Unger retiring. Uh, I know they signed Eastman out of uh, Minnesota, who is a free agent, but they also seem to be trying to shore up that O line. I, I think their, their O line is one of their strengths, and I think they tried to. to Build it back, uh, keep it a strength by drafting McCoy and signing a free agent, and then they go ahead and drafted uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who's a guy who I thought would be a top 
for at least a, a second round pick, top he, fifty guy. I know he, he fell for. He's got performance issues because he regressed there. He's got um, apparently coachability issues because he he's got attitude problems with coaching staff members. I guess he had a lot of issues with the uh, the interviews. I heard. Oh, Who's this? Who's this? Uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, very versatile guy though. Man can play single high safety, can play nickel linebacker, can play slot corner. I I liked him a lot, man. I think he. You know, going into the draft, I so I thought he fell to round four because I liked the, him because of the um yeah because you liked him more. yeah no because of the issues because of the the personality yeah, issues yeah yeah, yeah interviews much so. that, that's what everybody was saying then they went again at safety to get uh, Saquon Hampton out of Rutgers uh, that's a special teams guy bro he's not yeah I don't well they basically had two picks in this draft to get any kind of player well, any kind of real yeah. starters out of it and they got it. This, this is a team that's in win now. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I, yeah. I was just about to say yeah. the same exact the, thing. The pressure is all on them. Yeah. Teams, the pressure is all on them. Man. Teams that are in win now mode, they don't they don't go to the draft. They go to free agency and what they've got. They're yeah. much like just like when the Broncos won the Super Bowl. They didn't draft most of that talent. They picked it up. This this is a team that feels like they have the talent to win. This is a team that feels like they should have been in the Super Bowl last year. And right. they probably should have been the last two years, and they, they kind of fell on their face, especially with the Marcus May uh, missing the tackle. Dude, dude, that's a slippery slope. I'm telling you right now, Sean Payton, dude, you're going to keep talking about that play? That's a slippery slope, baby. No, like – That's a slippery slope. Okay. Look at the Falcons. When they thought they should have won the Super Bowl against the Patriots, they couldn't let it go, and it fucked them, right? Just like it's – They should have won that Super right? Bowl. Fucking Walter doesn't know shit, but you can agree with it. It's what's fucking the Rockets in the playoffs right now because they thought they. <laughs> I'm like, what? I know about the Super Bowl. Oh, they thought they should have beat the Warriors last year, yeah. and they're fucked right now. It's just Chris Paul's. I, Chris Paul's regressing. I think. I think Chris Paul's. I think his skills are. are, are well, he's really fucking well. old, dude. He's yeah, been in the league yeah. for all like what? Fourteen. I love years? him too. I love CP3. Oh, I love but, him, but anyway, back to <laughs> football. Yeah. Right? Fuck your podcast, Walter. If if you look at this team though. They think they have the talent to win the Super Bowl. They think they should have won it. The only thing they were worried about, like, oh, our center retired. Let's draft the best one that's in the draft. Yep. And then everything else, like, fuck it. Like, maybe they got lucky that Chauncey Gardner Johnson dropped, and they went up to get him. Uh, You know, they trade their first round pick this year, last year, to get uh, Marcus Davenport, who really hasn't panned out that well. And they decided, and then they signed somebody in free agency to be a D lineman as well. Yeah, that's another thing that fucked them in this draft because of that trade for Davenport last year. But like, think about it though. This is my point about them, though. They, um, their, their corner, their corner, their tight end. Who the fuck was it last year? The old ass dude, Ben Watson. Yeah, they they wanted to replace him. They didn't draft Noah Fant. They didn't draft the other guy from from Iowa. They didn't. You they know, got Noah Fant. Huh? No, I'm just. They also saying, might think they have somebody on the roster. Yeah, who, they picked up Jared Cook. Yeah, that's what they did. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. They okay. picked up Jared Cook coming off of his best season. Mm-hmm. They're they're looking to win now. They they don't care about the draft. Well, dude, absolutely. I mean, they have that Alvin Kamara is awesome. I really the way he runs. When I see we were talking about this on the last podcast, the way that guy runs. When I see him run, he almost looks like he's not even trying. You know what I'm saying? Right. Contact balance. And people are missing him. And he, it's fucking awesome, man. They, I love that guy. They lost Ingram though. I know. No, they lost. Who Ingram. was very that's com- going to take put more pressure on Kamara? But this, yeah. this is the thing though. This this draft, I don't think it's going to affect them this much this year. But in three, four years' time, it's going to come back and bite him in the ass. I, yeah. I think Mark Ingram is is easier, easily replaceable. Easier, it's easier to replace Mark Ingram than it is Alvin Kamara. Within three to five years, Breeze isn't going to be there. Mm-hmm. All right, um, they're they're wide receivers. Who knows what that's going to be? Kamara, like we were talking about earlier, running backs they they age quick. 
he's not going to be the guy he is now. And the yeah. way he his game is so athletic, he's not. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll still probably have Michael Thomas, who will probably be there for you know where, until whenever the next quarterback comes in. Hopefully, the, the, he gets along with Teddy Bridgewater. I yeah. doubt that's going to be who's actually replacing Breeze when he's done. Right. I'm just. I thought Teddy Bridgewater was your guy. I like him. I I thought seasons didn't he? I'm just saying I don't. I thought he was probably a cheaper, better pickup for Jacksonville than, like, if you weren't sure about Nick Foles. No way, man. He hasn't proven enough. Dude. This team had a bad draft, but I don't think this is a team that anybody. they they significantly neglected this draft. Yeah. Because they're just thinking about winning now. If they can't let go of the NFC Championship from last year, yeah, it's gonna come back and bite them in the ass. Yeah. So uh, I I was a big fan of at least what the two picks that they got in the top and. You know, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the Davenport trade at all. Uh, as far as what they got so far, though, good. Carolina Panthers, though, man, this is a team that's looking, I think, both to build now and for the future because I like their top four picks right off the bat. Uh, edge uh, rusher at Brian Burns, solid right. guy. Uh, very versatile, very athletic, man. I mean, I know he's not like Josh Allen, or Josh Allen was solidly dropping into coverage, right? Josh Allen, but this guy actually probably had better pass rush moves than Josh Allen. Right, he was probably a better pass rusher than Josh Allen. Now might get a little bit washed up in the in the, the run game. I've seen him get beat by a couple of uh, offensive tackles in the run game. But dude, if you're looking for a guy who's going to rush off the edge, I I thought this guy was probably one of the top ten. Should have been a top ten pick, uh, considering how fast and how athletic and all the different pass rush moves he he really can rip out on you. Oh, I think he's a top ten pick for sure, talent wise. But giving team needs of the yeah, team building were... and what you're right. looking to get. So I, I understand why maybe a team like the Oakland Raiders didn't go ahead and uh, you know draft him because they were looking for a four three end who fit their scheme, and they they very much still buy into that whole four three end mold of, and they probably and they probably would have taken him had he fallen a couple of picks later to twenty four. So. I said this to my – so my one best friend is a Vikings fan. My other best friend, he's a Panthers fan. Yeah. Right? And I said, hot take, Brian Burns is a way better pick than Farrell that the Raiders took. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, I don't think that's a hot take because Farrell was a reach at that at that draft spot. He was a reach. So I think – I think they were coming at it from a team-building perspective. And I, also, I know a lot of people who said that Farrell was a reach. I think the, the – I, I don't think Farrell has the upside that Burns does. Burns has the upside to potentially be a, like a Von Miller-esque kind of player. Right. Whereas uh, I I don't think you're going to get the same – I don't think there's as much upside with Farrell, but I think there's at least a floor. And you know you're getting a high-character guy coming from a big school who, that plays really good defense. Right. So I, I think it's more of what you know, and I think that's the kind of uh, – we, we talked about this with our guest host on another podcast. That's the kind of guy that Mayock and Gruden want, and that's hitting your doubles and you're getting a solid guy. Whereas, you know, it's quite possible Brian Burns doesn't pan out. Like, that's why he fell this far, is that because he's a lighter guy, I know he got up to the 240s, 250s range in the, the combine process and weighed in really well. And, again, he's athletic, uh, is very vers- very versatile and uh, again, I I would want him on my team, but I can understand a team being like, well, what if you whiff on this guy? Then you're setting your franchise back. 
And for a guy who's not as great in the run game as some other players here, that's something to say with Farrell. Farrell had a lot of good pass rush moves, had a lot of good run, uh, was great in run defense, and was a solid pass blocker, and beat uh, one of the best tackle, the best tackle in this draft in uh, in a major game this year. Right. But with the Brian Burns pick in Carolina, mm-hmm. I know you're going on the team building stance, but yeah. I'm gonna have to disagree. This team and the first, this is a team that missed expectations significantly last year. Yeah, and uh, they lost Peppers, who wasn't that much. Oh no, I'm, I think this is a great pick for the Panthers. Oh no, this this is a pick. I, I was saying uh, we were talking about Farrell and the Oakland Raiders right, for right, two right. seconds. My I, bad. I uh, yeah, when we were talking about the the Raiders, uh, I you know I can understand from a team building perspective right. taking Farrell over him. I love the pick for the Panthers. I think this is a high upside guy who is gonna you know reinvigorate the pass rush there. Who is athletic? Who's got again like a variety of pass rush moves? I think this is you know and that's what their defense needed. This is a team that had probably three names on their big board for the first round, and I bet you they were all in the same position because the Panthers they only generated sacks somewhere in the 30s last year uh i, I can't remember the exact number i'm gonna let's say 35 for mm-hmm. average that's not good right that's not a lot so they're not looking they, they want to develop burns they want to build him but just like when we took harold landry in the second round last year that was to get him some time and to develop him this guy is was well, so, landry probably would have went in the first round if it wasn't for injury concerns either right but he also wasn't expected to immediately start he yeah. was supposed to be a sub package guy and to, but this Burns is expected to not only start but to contribute and to boost. Yeah. All right. That's what the Panthers are looking for. That's why they took two edge guys in this draft. Yes, Christian it, Miller, who's a guy who missed a lot of time from injury. I'm actually I'm actually going to take off in a second. That's fine. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you. I just wanted to ask you one thing about. I wanted to ask you about Cam Newton. Um, I had said in the podcast that I thought he was done. Not done, done. But I don't think he's ever going to have. Um, I think. When he was at his best, I think they weren't ready for him. Maybe the Super Bowl year, you know, the Super Bowl year. But he sucked up too much. They needed him for everything. Mm -hmm. So I don't think – I just think – I don't think – I think he's done as far as, like, being the Cam Newton we know. What do you think about that? I don't think he's ever going to reach what he was his MVP year again, and that's not me hating on him. This is going to be an odd – It's a fact. It's, it's, you know. Right. This is going to be an odd comparison. Because he's a quarterback, but I, I'm comparing him a lot to Marshawn Lynch because he's got he's such a big guy and he plays so physical for the position. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. Right. His whole thing right. is how dynamic and how physical he is. How he sucks everything up. Don't worry, Cam will take care of it. Right, and and he's so big and he takes a lot of hits because of his physical style. And he sits in that pocket and, and he looks for pass. He and, looks for receivers. And he also takes a lot of hits after the throw. Like he's that's no, what I'm saying. Yeah, remember and, I'm saying well, on not this just podcast? after the throw, but he's you know he's a runner and that team runs a lot of QB power where right. you're running in between tackles. No other team runs QB power plays. And for, That's the only one that does it and, where he is going into the but, linebackers but, but, into the defensive like end. Said, and like, he they don't do it as much like anymore. I said last but, week or I think it was last week was um, he takes like he hangs in and I don't know if he just doesn't have good vision like some other quarterbacks that we know. Like, but he hangs in and he finds receiver, but he takes huge, well, huge hits. Man. He's he's a more athletic quarterback than he is a fundamental quarterback. Absolutely, he gets he Absolutely. gets he gets hit on his mechanics a lot, which is why his shoulder's so hurt. Which is probably the most fucking important thing you need as a quarterback. But another thing is too, you'll never meet a bigger Cam Newton fan or a bigger Cam Newton believer than Cam Newton. 
Like, yeah, that's why I don't listen to what he says and I, shit like that. Like, I, I'm not even talking about yeah. what he says. I'm talking about what I'm assuming he thinks. The guy thinks he can do everything. Yes, and yes. that's not a hit on him. The dude can do a lot, yeah. Yeah, and he exactly. and he's part of that. And that part of that was them getting to the the Super Bowl. Well, and, yeah, exactly. You never know how hurt he is, how healthy he is, because you know he doesn't tell them. Well, no. you know I think you can tell how hurt or how injured he or healthy by he how is. he plays, but not yeah. people tell you though. No, he won't tell you, but you'll see it in his gameplay. But yeah, you'll absolutely. see it a lot in his gameplay. But we're talking about a Heisman Trophy winner, a college national champion, a Pro Bowler, an All Pro, and an MVP. The guy's a good fucking. He's, the guy's yeah. awesome. He's a freak athlete. He's awesome. But I, he developed too. Last two years, he's developed more as a short accuracy passer in I, North Turner's all, especially last year with North Turner as his OC, a guy who really wasn't a big uh, a short area passer kind of uh, OC. That was a guy who was a big deep ball, go down the field, and now you're getting a guy. And both of them seem to be adapting to trying. And I know this was tried so many times to get Cam Newton to go to the short area game, and he's developed a little bit at a time and gotten better with it, and especially on, with them getting Christian I, McCaffrey. I, telling, right. I, I just started playing Madden again last year, right. and they don't even have that good of a team on the game. And it's awesome playing them because right. I like to be him. But and then you know if. if <laughs> Not that I want to be black. I just like to be Cam Newton. <laughs> if, if I'm Sicilian, he, by the way. So if he can, if he can be at seventy-five to eighty percent of what he was in 2015, this is going to be he, he's he's going to perform because it, it's very reasonable to say that offensively they have more talent around him. Mm-hmm. They, they have a more reliable run game with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Cameron Artis Payne isn't a terrible third down back. Uh, Greg Olson's hurt a lot, but Ian Edwards is a He's, very. I love Greg Olson, but man. they also have him. Ian Edwards, who's an extremely athletic tight end. Yeah, yeah, Thomas, they, yeah, right, yeah, he's a solid tight Thomas, end. Yeah. And the fuck is he? Ian Edwards is a goddamn comic. <laughs> what the fuck am I? Listen, I gotta get going, man. Yo, take care. I'm sorry, guys. I love you. Bye bye. Light Bear's leaving. I'll see, hey, you're gonna be at uh, like the Levity Pearl River. I'll see you around, man. Okay, bro. I'll see you soon. All right, be good, guys. Yeah. So, uh, no, Ian Thomas, I like. He developed quite a bit last year. He was a rookie last year, so you don't usually expect him to develop too quickly. Especially at tight end. Yeah, tight end's one of those. Uh, that's why taking a tight end early on is a very you know risky move. Well, even then, though, when you have Greg Olson, you're not drafting a tight end and expecting them to immediately start either. They were, yeah, they although, at, although he got injured last year. Right, but they drafted uh, Thomas to develop him as well mm-hmm. as to, to make him ready to be a replacement for Olson. Yeah. But they lost Funches, but at the same time, they have Samuel. They have more, right? That's yeah. I think they're going in a different direction than what Funches and Funches was part of the old uh, GM and old regime's uh, pickups. Yeah, that was uh, God. Yeah. I, w- I wish he was still here so I could shit on Gettleman again. Oh no, yeah, that, that's a team that uh, that uh, I again Devin Funches. I mean, listen, I, I we said it earlier. We said it in the other podcast about uh, Funches is that I think there's a role for him. He can play the position. And you have a scheme that works for him. This does not seem where they want to go. Herney seems to have an idea of where he wants to do with these guys. He got DJ Moore last year. I think that's a guy who's a solid route runner who's developing more and more as a receiver, and you saw it last year. Uh, again, Curtis Samuel, very, uh, very Moore, fast. Yeah. The same thing. But the thing, too, though, with Funches, man, he was too slow – or, excuse me, he was too small to be a tight end – and he was too slow to be an elite wide receiver. Yeah. So I think they're moving on from that. They're they're looking more for speed, right? Because they have an athletic quarterback, they, and they're looking for guys who can get the ball and go. That's why and they, get open, right? They, but, they moved on from that. We have Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches in this all big team, which right. You know, don't, don't overthrow the because the problem with Cam, Cam Newton was he would overthrow the receiver sometimes. He throws so fucking hard. Yeah. So they would decide if they got a guy who was so big you couldn't overthrow him. That kind of almost worked a little bit, but I, I don't think 
I, I think they got tired of Benjamin. I think they got tired of uh, Funchess, and I think they're going in a different direction. And I think it's a solid direction that they're going in. And they got uh, Cam Newton some pass protection here with Greg Little. I know they had Taylor Moten, who they had drafted uh, a couple years ago to to be a right tackle. They have Daryl Williams, another guy who's kind of more of a, uh, a right tackle. So I think they're trying to go ahead and get somebody to be the left tackle, maybe move Daryl Williams in inside for a bit or see if they can find some good edge protection because Daryl Williams is only on a one-year contract anyway. Greg Little is another offensive tackle I would have taken over McGarry that the Falcons traded up to get. I wasn't a huge fan of Greg Little. He's he's a solid pass protector, uh, not as good in the run game, and he, he played mostly on the left side, which a lot of guys can switch over, but you're you're expecting a uh, like a, a time like a, a little bit of a like a, an adaptation change. It usually takes about three or four months for for guys being switched over, if, especially when they weren't even amazing at the position previously. But he was, and he didn't test athletically, so I know he was. He came in being thought of as this athletic freak, but he he was a solid pass blocker at Ole Miss. But one big thing, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, sorry. One big thing that no I take into consideration when it comes to college players, especially if you want to make the little to McGarry comparison. If you take these two, week in and week out, damn near, Greg Little was going up against some of the best defensive line talent and that linebacker talent, yeah. right? Alabama, Mississippi State, all these schools like that, they have way better defensive talent than Oregon, Oregon State, Washington State. It's The, the Pac-12 is not a defensive school outside of Stanford, usually. So the SEC, on the other hand, mm-hmm. is. So I think... He is more prepared to face NFL talent than McGarry is, sure. and uh, he might have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I, I do. I agree with you. I think Caleb McGarry was uh, drafted uh, a bit too soon. I, I think it depends on what you're looking for, and uh, I think Little went in the right spot. I think Caleb McGarry. You're right. I think I, I probably would take Greg Little, but again, it kind of sometimes comes down to scheme and what you're trying to do team building wise. Right, but like you said earlier, Cam improved significantly in the short yardage game, yeah. which is going to be good for him because his shoulder, they don't want him throwing too hard, too fast, too long. Yeah. And when you have guys like Samuel, guys like DJ Moore, those are the guys that can get the ball and, and Run get after catch. Same thing with Christian McCaffrey. That's yeah. what he's good at. And um. You got a lot of these nice weapons now. Now go use them and right. get you some time. That's why Greg Little, I think, was a good pickup, especially because again, Taylor Moten and Daryl uh, Williams kind of played better on the right side. Right. I don't think any. I don't think uh, Taylor Moten's ever played on the left side, but I'm not. I, I don't want to be quoted on that one. And when it comes to blocking, though, yeah, short yardage passing blocking is very similar to run blocking. Yeah. Right. Not not extremely similar, but very similar. Yeah. And I think he'll fit in and he'll get developed well. They got they got a good coaching staff there. Rivera's really good at developing mm-hmm. um, offensive line talent. I think it was a good pick. Their next pick though, Will Greer, I, it, it kind of made me raise an eyebrow. Yeah. Are they worried about Cam Newton? Is the injury that bad? I mean, they definitely needed another quarterback in there, and they were doing a lot of work on Will Greer. Uh, I think this is a question mark. I think this is something that makes him go, hey, you know, either Cam Newton, who, A, Cam Newton was uh, has been injury-prone over his career, but also ended the year on IR. So now they might be looking at it going, well, what happens if maybe this is a, a full-year recovery? Maybe they have to shut down Cam Newton. Right. Like, like they had to do with Andrew Luck. Also, like, because uh, I, um, like I said, one of my best friends, he's a Panthers fan. I immediately texted him about this. I was like, "Wow, do you think that was a reach?" Is it in? And he said, "No, like he's a very, he's got talent. He can be developed." And he's like, "Plus, Cam's not going to be there forever." You know? Yeah. So like, 
And I'm not. I don't know if I agree with the concept that if Cam's legs go, he's totally gone. But I do think that once Cam's legs go, you're losing a big chunk of what he does for you. Right. And he's maybe not a hundred million dollar quarterback anymore. No, because well, the thing is though, is if his athletic, if his athleticism declines, yes, then you have to rely on fundamentals. Is his fundamentals and his mechanics, or his even his quarterback IQ, high enough? to compensate for the fact that his athleticism isn't what it used to be. I'm not going to say no, Yeah, but I, I don't know. This seems like a, a good idea. I thought this was a great pickup. I think Will Greer is a, is a good pickup because you might not know how, what's going on in the future. And honestly, I think he was a good he, – he had good short area accuracy, and he was good at throwing the deep ball. And, he, you know, he, he was willing to make those tough throws. He was willing to go downfield. He – you know, he's not really athletic. He's a little slight, so you're still worrying about injury concerns. But this is not a guy who they're drafting clearly to be their starter necessarily right now. And, you know, when you get in the NFL, especially when you're at that point in your career, you kind of can bulk up still a little bit and build up some more muscle, you know, muscle mass to build up against getting hit too much. Value-wise, I think it's a way better pick than what the Giants did because these guys – I, I, feel I like thought he was better than than Daniel Jones. Exactly. I, I and I, at least I saw more that made me feel like there was upside with him compared to Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones just didn't seem to have the upside that like that any of the, the other quarterbacks did have. Right. Whether it was Dwayne Haskins or even Kyler Murray, even if you, you're not a Kyler Murray believer, uh, I just think that the, the yeah okay. I, I honestly my comp to for Daniel Jones and a lot of people's comp has been Ryan Tannehill, and I think that's his ceiling is Ryan Tannehill. So if you're not looking to get a – and if you wanted Ryan Tannehill, you probably could have had him for a fourth-round pick. Right. So, But another thing, too, is it, like you said, they didn't draft him to be an immediate starter. They're probably expecting him to take the job within, you know, at least a few seasons possibly. Who, Daniel Jones or Will, Will Greer? Will Greer. But, yeah. But the difference between – Also, a first-round pick and a third-round pick is you can, you can survive missing on a third-rounder pretty hard – it, you know, it hurts a lot missing, especially on a top ten pick. Top five pick. Yeah. Almost. almost. Um, but a lot of the core of that offense, though, they're about to be in their second or third year. Yeah. So it's young, it's talented, and it should be improving. Christian McCaffrey is fucking enormous now. Have you seen the pictures of yeah. him? My friend actually tweeted out. He's like, he looks like he ate Jonathan Stewart after he retired, and then Jonathan Stewart <laughs> retweeted it. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <coughs> um. Yeah, so I, I thought that was a that was a smart move. I like Christian Miller as a pickup. This is a guy who, had he been healthy at all during his career, probably would have been a top like two round prospect. Right. Uh, it doesn't have a ver- uh, well, it doesn't have the variety of pass rush moves as some other guys, but is athletic. It can bend, get uh, get around the edge, uh, bend the corner very well. And again, he was playing on a good team too, but that's a team that drafts a right. lot of talent. Right. That's, right. that's not a guy who. Oh, he was in the dress. This was a guy who, when he played, he played well. It's just the major reason why he fell around four was because of the injury concerns and that risk of drafting a guy and missing on him when you're drafting him any higher than the top 100. But he, he could prove to be a steal, though. Oh, he absolutely right. can be. Kind of reminds me of Carl Lawson, who uh, came out a couple of years ago and played for the Bengals. Right. He was a steal, played really well. Injury issues. I'm not I'm not going to label him like a future pro bowler or all pro or anything like that, but no. this guy could be very productive in situational um, positioning, you know? Especially for a team that did need a lot more edge presence. And right. they, they went and got two guys that were really good. 
and can and both guys were very athletic. A very very big deviation from the old Gettleman years. Of I'm gonna get D tackles. I'm gonna get uh, or they're signing old edges. Now they're getting guys who burns athletic, bends the edge really well, has a variety of pass rush moves, has a counter. Uh, Christian Miller maybe doesn't isn't there as where Burns is, but a very athletic guy and still can bend the edge. And right. if he develops more with pass rush, and again you have a guy who's going to Ron Rivera's defense, and that, again that's a defense that when you look at all the issues that they've had, right? Like they never really had a solid pass rusher, but they've been a solid defense a lot right. of years. But like both these guys, Burns and Miller, they're talented, they're athletic, but same thing with Greg Little, they prove to perform and compete in the highest level of yes. college football. And not only that, but to win starting positions in a highly talent-filled roster, Yeah. right? And, you know, Nick Saban isn't the guy to just throw anybody out there. He's mm-hmm. he's very regimented. He's very choo- picky and choosy because he's all about winning. Yes. Like, th- th- there's a reason he benched his starting quarterback in the national championship for a freshman. He wants whoever is going to get, give him the best chance of winning. And if you can prove to be that talented – you more often than not are going to prove to be that talented at the NFL level. Like I said, he's not possibly going to be uh, a week-in, week-out starter, but he's going to be productive situationally, which is usually why you draft a defensive end in the fourth round. Yeah. Right? And not for nothing, again, you need more than one edge, and they got two of them here, and they, you know— I'm not saying they they needed it. So you usually need more than one. They got more than one. Uh, the other three guys they kind of took were more of uh, depth pieces, guys who were developmental. Terry Godwin, I, I kind of like, but Georgia guys, Georgia guys have not been like as like every almost every Georgia guy uh, has just not been testing really well. It seems like no, I don't think they're expecting him. You know, they're they're a wide seventh rece- round guy. Yeah, their wide receiver core set. They're expecting it to maybe be a gunner on special teams or yeah. pro- or possibly even a, a practice squad guy that can give good competition for the defensive backs and even even like you know cuz Samuel and Moore they're not the the biggest guys that they were to go down they have somebody that could possibly fill the void yeah. for a week or two and again when you're in this range of the draft you're really just kind of taking flyers on guys who might be UDFAs that you really really want um and Dennis Daly's kind of more, again, a flyer pick than anything else to see maybe he can develop into something if he's going to even make the roster. I honestly think the Carolina Panthers had my favorite uh, my draft, uh, my favorite draft out of the, the NFC South. Yeah, um, I, same here, but at the same time, this was a division that didn't have the best draft class for the teams. Uh, the Falcons made some dumb moves. The Saints draft was very non-existent. And then when they did, and then when they did pick in the top, you know, one twenty, they still it looks like they made actually right. good picks. the The Saints are equipped to be in win now mode. The Falcons are in win now mode, but I don't think they're as well equipped. Tampa Bay is in a very much improved position. Same thing with the Panthers. The Panthers they want to be in win now mode, but they just don't have the talent on the roster to be in that. Yeah. Um, but they're trying to improve as much as possible. That way, they can be in win now mode maybe in a year or two. So it's very – there's a lot of iffy picks here, yes. right? So you'll see where it will go. Um, I would expect maybe a 7-9, 8-8 season for this team. Uh, the draft could contribute to that, but I think in you know two years, three years' time, it's going to be a very much improved team, and Will Greer might be the starting quarterback at that time. <laughs> we'll see. It's quite possible. I think the Panthers – that's the uh, – honestly, I could see the Panthers making the playoffs. It all comes down to Newton, though. Everything with the Panthers comes down to Cam Newton. <clears throat> right, and if they do make it, it's either going to be because the Saints just missed 
what they're supposed to be exponentially, or they're going to be a wild card. But you got to think about other teams in that conference too. The NFC East may have w- one or two teams that make the playoffs. You know, it depends on what Dallas does and Philadelphia does. Yeah. The NFC West, uh, I only see one team out of that conference making the playoffs. Uh, I mean, dude, I don't know. I never count the Seahawks out anymore. They lost a lot of talent, though. They really did. I know, but I just, I, you know what? With them, they just always seem to go ahead and do something that, like, kind of shocks you. And they still, they take jag guys that you don't know of, and they turn them into real players. And that I, that's a team I don't ever count out. Uh, Arizona mm-hmm. Cardinals. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if the Arizona Cardinals actually played really well this year. Played really well is one thing compared to making the playoffs. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they have the talent there, especially at the offensive line uh, with a rookie quarterback. That's their one major question mark right now is the offensive line. Right. But the, the uh, NFC— they did, they did make some trades and effort to go ahead and get there, though. And when you got a player like David Johnson, if you use him correctly, he can be oh, a top-five yeah. player in the NFL. Well, and again, most of it comes down to scoring. And if they— it, it, it all comes down to that head coach and that new that new quarterback. If those two guys are successful, it's going to be a successful team. If those two guys are whiffs, they're going to be back to drafting number one overall anyway. And the NFC North, too. I mean, never count the Packers out when you have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, NFC North is actually probably the other division I think is more likely to send two teams to the, the right. playoffs. Because you got the Bears, but the Bears could be in a very similar position to Jacksonville. Very defensively talented and some talent on the offensive side. They, yeah, Trubisky, the, there's definitely uh, a lot of question marks surrounding him and his gameplay. They also traded Jordan Howard for basically nothing, and I guess they're expecting Tariq Cohen. And, well, they drafted a, a guy in David Montgomery. But you don't really know like that at the same time. I, 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 and they also signed Mike Davis. That's a team that I, I think uh, I think the question marks come around Trubisky. It's a team that that's who, that's going to end up being the, the major issue. Yeah, because defensively. And, again, they lost, Vic, and they lost Vic Vangio. Right. So now they have Chuck Pagano being the D coordinator. I don't know. That's going to be an interesting conference. But they right? have defensive talent to be good. Yes. But at the same time, though, is I think the NFC isn't as competitive as the AFC. So the Panthers, if they perform well, they could make the playoffs as a 9-7 and seven team in the wild card. Yes. But uh, to expect that is a little lofty, in my opinion. But I think it all, again, all comes down to Cam I don't think Duke. it's out of the realm of possibility yeah. either, though. Yeah, I think they're one of the many teams that are in the race for that. But, dude, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Anytime. we got to have you back on again uh, very soon. Uh, you know, the summer's going to be a little quieter, obviously, with uh, football now that the draft's over. But once everything starts picking back up again, we definitely want to have you back on. Uh, this is Shane McMurdo. Uh, you want to pitch your, uh, your tag or your, uh, your Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Snapchat, yeah, dude. Um, uh, plug your uh, Tinder profile. <laughs> I don't, dude. That shit's popping anyway. Uh, just like Walter, I'm a, a comedian, you know, aspiring in the Jersey and upstate New York area. Uh, if you're ever interested in seeing my clips, I'm on Instagram at the underscore Shane underscore MCM. It's an open profile. Feel free to give me a follow. All right. If you guys are ever wanting to talk football, I'm down. If you're ever wanting to talk boxing, MMA, I'm a huge fan of those as well. I definitely want to come back on, not just for NFL, but for fantasy as well. Uh, if you ever good. want to talk college football, I can, you know, I'm better than, I'm smarter than the average. And we might have to do things. a, you know, a, when the couple of fights come up in the summer, maybe we might have to have you on for a special episode or something with that. Oh, absolutely. July has a huge card coming yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, every year, July is the big card, especially because that's also the quiet time for the rest of the sports. Man. Yeah. But that card, particularly, I don't want to talk too much about it, but every fight on that card is enormous. So. Awesome. All right, again, thanks for coming on. It's been Draft Vice. 
our buddy Quinn left without saying goodbye, uh, or barely kind of say goodbye. Uh, you can follow at uh, at DraftVice on Twitter. You can also follow me at Brojo Death Punch, B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life. Punch, like I'm sure Quinn went to go do to somebody right now. Probably his girl. Cause, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, she was, she was uh, banging on the doors. Uh, like, subscribe, rate and review. Share the video. That would actually be really nice. Uh, and uh, if you want, leave a comment. Thank you. One last time, tighten up. Fuck the Jaguars. Fuck the Texans. Fuck the Colts especially. I'm out. <laughs> Thank you. Can't even drop. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to keep it.